Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God, it is good to be with you. Thursday, May the 20th. 2021. God is so very good. We're going to have a great show for you today. Lots of uh, headline news to dive into today, but uh, Patrick Truman, he is the founder of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. He's going to be joining the program. You know, um, he is, uh, the joke goes, no man in America knows more about pornography than Patrick Truman. Uh, But it's true. He fought pornography as an attorney, as uh, a member of the Department of Justice, as someone who served a president of the United States. And now through his organization, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, he is a foremost expert on the subject. And I'm excited to have him on the program today. We're going to be talking about pornography, its harms, uh, the statistics on, uh, on trafficking and and all of this information that probably doesn't get talked about enough, especially in a day and an age when pornography is so accessible to the youngest members of our society. So we're going to be having a, a good conversation today with Patrick Truman. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Janelle has joined us again. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. You made it back. You got up early. I made it back. You I know, made it back. Very few human beings on planet Earth are capable of getting out of bed early. Well, for a while, I've been one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> it is empowering to know that you could force yourself out of bed when you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, if you if it be God's will and you join the De- Vietnamese Dominicans, what time do they get out of bed? Ooh, they get about, about five as well. Slackers. Slackers. <laughs> I mean, we need to work on that. 3 a.m. is a good time, I think, for most people to get out of bed. Oh, my. Don't, don't you agree, Adrian Fonseca? Every day. Love to see it. You love to see it. You know, I used to complain when I was in the novitiate about having to wake up at five in the morning and never again will I do that. Not, never again. 5 a.m. It feels like a dream, doesn't it? To be able to sleep until 5 a.m. every day. On the weekends when I sleep in, it's till six. <laughs> it's till six. That's awesome. Praise be to God. Well, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of stories we want to talk about in the What's Concerning Us section coming up. Uh, there are uh, attacks on Christians in in Pakistan and and Nigeria and, and just all kinds of places around the world, I want to talk a little bit about that. Then there's there's a disturbing story out of New York about a man who crept into a house in the in the wee hours in the morning, took a child out of a crib, and and murdered the child and came back for his twin brother. It is very disturbing story. I I almost don't want to talk about it. But that's on the agenda. And then, of course, New York City Department of Education features Drag Queen for show aimed at three to eight-year-olds to be aired on PBS. Very concerning stories, that and a whole lot more in this first hour. So, Patrick Truman, what's concerning us? All of that is coming up in this hour. Praise be to God. If you're able to join us for the next hour, I promise you it's not nearly as intense or serious. It's a lot more fun in the next hour. In fact, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show. It's a lot of fun. And our prize sponsor this week is BrightlyHued.com. BrightlyHued.com. And they're giving out a 10-set sticker. Now, these aren't just any old stickers. Okay, these are big, beautiful Catholic artwork stickers that you could put on your coffee mug or on your, your computer, your laptop, your phone. 
You know, you could put them in all kinds of places and they would plant seeds in the hearts of those that would see them. They're beautiful and we're very grateful to them for sponsoring our game show, brightlyhued.com. So that is coming up in the next hour. And if you want to join, if you're not able to listen to us on a radio station, you know, praise be to God for that. You can always listen to us, watch us live right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you can also get the rules and information and the phone number for our game show coming up in the next hour. And don't forget, today is the day I'm going to be sending out the email to our, our super fans, our insiders on the Catholic Drive Time, where we give out exclusive content every single week right through our email list. And this week, you're going to get the full-length uh, interview with Dr. Paul Kengor on his book, The Devil and Karl Marx. It was a great conversation. Wouldn't you say you were surprised about how good that conversation went, Adrian? I was shocked by the uh, sourcing of a lot of the things that you hear all the time and you never uh, found a source for. So like, for instance, the infiltration of the church and Bella Dodd saying that she herself helped infiltrate, uh, bring communists into the church uh, and the the surprising information about the relationship that Karl Marx had with the devil. Yes. Writing poetry yes. and plays. Blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. It's 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 crazy. Quotes. Oh my goodness. So Quotes. we're gonna be sending that entire interview today. That's gonna hit the inbox today. So you need to get on the email list if you'd like that. You can do that by pulling out your smartphone and texting the letters G R N to the number four two eight two eight. That's G R N to the number four twenty eight twenty eight. Or just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get in on the email. You'll get that in your inbox, as well as some uh, other content today. All right, let's pray for your intentions and jump right in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headline news. Uh, the Blaze is reporting breaking news that Israel and Hamas militants have reportedly agreed to a ceasefire. More information will be coming shortly. The Epic Times is reporting that House the House approves the commission to investigate January 6th, the breach of the U.S. Capitol, and 35 Republicans were joining the Dems in that vote. The Epic Times is also reporting that Tennessee governor signs bill to prohibit gender-confirming treatments for minors, praise be to God. And the LifeSite News is also reporting that the Tennessee governor signs a bill to separate school bathrooms based on biological sex. It says Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee has signed bills to separate school bathrooms according to biological sex and crack down on policies that increase the risk of sexual assault and other harm in private spaces. On Friday, Lee signed the Tennessee Accommodations for All Children Act, allowing students to sue for damages if they are exposed uh, to members of the opposite sex in school bathrooms, locker rooms, or sleeping quarters. House Bill 1233 mandates that students unwilling or unable to use facilities based on their immutable sex may not be granted access to facilities for the other sex. 
Governor Leon Monday also signed House Bill 1182, which requires businesses to post notices if they let people use bathrooms designated for the sex other than their own. The Epic Times reports Boko Haram terrorists merge with bandits in Nigeria. Both the Islamic State-linked insurgency known as Boko Haram and the Ansura terror group, a jihadist group loyal to Al-Qaeda, have merged with bandit gangs in Nigeria's northern states close to the nation's capital. This alliance threatens to worsen the violence afflicting this African nation. Cooperation between bandits and Boko Haram terrorists in the state of Kaduna were reported by controversial sheikh and kidnapping mediator Ahmad Gumi on Sunday when he summarized hostage releases in four different mass kidnappings of students since 2020. The abduction of 22 students from the Greenfield University on April the 17th remains in a state of negotiation after five of the students have been murdered and one released as a result of ransom negotiations with some of the parents. There's a rash of vandalisms at Catholic churches all across the country. The Cathedral of St. Helena in Montana was defaced by vandals recently. Two parishes in Sacramento, California vandalized. And according to CNA, Brooklyn Diocese requests greater police presence outside churches after acts of vandalism. The Diocese of Brooklyn is requesting increased police presence after two incidents of vandalism in three days at church properties. Over the weekend, a statue depicting the Blessed Mother holding the infant Jesus was discovered vandalized outside the Dossison administrative offices with Jesus decapitated. On Friday, a crucifix display outside St. Athanasius Parish in Brooklyn was found toppled over with an American flag outside the rectory burned. A facilities manager discovered the decapitated statue outside the diocesan offices and reported the incident to police. The, the diocese says it is working to repair the statue in its current form, while the parish says it intends to repair and reinstall the crucifix in the same location. And those are your headline news for today. The saint of the day is King St. Ethelbert of East Anglia. King St. Ethelbert was born in the 8th century. We don't have an exact date for when he was born. He was a son of Ethelred, the king of the East Angles, and Lufrana. A pious youth, he would have preferred religious life, but was in line for the throne. He reigned as, as king of East Anglia for 44 years. He would have preferred to remain celibate, but agreed to seek the hand of Alfreda, daughter of Ofa, king of the Mercians in order to continue a stable line of the crown. There were a number of supernatural indications, including earthquakes and a great fog that uh, vanished whenever he kneeled down and ordered his men to pray, that it was a bad choice, but Ethelbert went anyway. Due to a court intrigue, Ethelbert was murdered by a man named Grimbert at the ins instigation of his father-in-law, Ofa of Mercia. Often listed as a martyr, uh, King St. Ethelbert died, or was murdered rather, in 793 at Villa Australis, Mercia. In England, his body was buried like trash, but a heavenly light identified it, and it was eventually relocated and moved several times. During one of the moves, the head fell off the body. It fell off uh, the cart it was being carried in and touched a pedestrian who had been blind for 11 years and immediately was cured. 
he was never formally canonized as his canonization was before the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith began the formal process of canonizations, but he is well regarded as a saint. King St. Ethelbert of East Anglia, pray for us. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Uh, today's gospel is John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, I pray not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see it? Can you see that hint of Jesus praying for you? And for me, I mean, actually, can you see that? I mean, 2,000 years ago, on the night before he is uh, crucified for you and for me, he is not only praying for his apostles. I mean, yes, they're, he's praying for them, but he's also praying for us too. In fact, uh, verse 20, it says, those who believe Jesus' prayer pre reaches into the future to bless believers. This is according to the Catholic Ignatius Study Bible. But this is what St. Augustine also said about this verse. He says, not only those who were then alive, but those who were to be born. Not those only who heard the apostles themselves, but us who were born long after their death. We have all believed in Christ through their word, for they first heard that word from Christ and then preached it to others. So it has come down and will go down to all posterity. Christ was praying for you at that moment and for me and for all those who would believe. Let's hold fast to belief and unity in Christ and his church. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. And Patrick Truman will be on the guest segment later. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Christ in all things. Thank you for uh, joining us here on Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. We were having a fierce and hot debate over uh, over crawfish in the break there, so uh, I'm a little distracted. But uh, welcome back to the show. We have a lot to do- jump into in the What's Concerning Us uh, section. But coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Patrick Truman, founder of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, will be our guest. We're going to be talking about pornography and how it harms, how it destroys lives and communities. Um, he was one of the go-to sources that I used when writing my book on overcoming pornography addiction back in 2014. He had a website, still does, called uh, Porn Harms, and he had a lot of statistics and studies in there, and I, I leaned heavily upon that information to, uh, to it illustrate. And I've traveled across the United States and overseas giving talks on pornography addiction, and um, it's good information. And as parents, this is stuff you need to know because protecting your kids against this stuff is one of our primary responsibilities. So Patrick Truman is going to be our guest coming up soon. There's a ton of stories to jump into in the What's Concerning Us section. Of course, uh, anytime I see violence against Christians worldwide, I'm very concerned about this. And this is a story out of asianews.it. Headline goes, Muslim mob attacks a Christian village, houses looted, men and women beaten and injured. Uh, Story goes a little like this. The violent attack on Punjab caused by a simple argument, Muslims with guns and hockey sticks have beaten, injured, and destroyed entire families. Three days later, despite an official complaint and witness, the police have made no arrests. Hundreds of Muslims attacked a Christian village, in, um, in Punjab after a quarrel between some young Christians who cleaned the entrance to their church and a Muslim gentleman who passed by. In a few hours, the quarrel became a raid in which Christian men and women were beaten with iron bars, houses invaded, furniture destroyed, and property stolen. According to several witnesses, on May 14th, around 5 p.m., Assad, uh, Emmanuel, and Shahazad, uh, were cleaning the area in front of the church gate. Mohammed, driving his motorcycle through the gate, rallied at, uh, railed at them because they had soiled his suit with the dust and water and threatened them with consequences. After a few minutes, he arrived with his friends, Mohammed, and, uh, and his friends there with firearms and hockey sticks. They, were, they began to hit 
these men who suffered several injuries to his left hand, broken finger, and he, uh, Emmanuel received injuries to his right shoulder, knee, and back, and others to their head. The incident was witnessed by several others who pleaded with the three to stop their beating. The next day, a huge crowd arrived on the scene and attacked the home of, of Mangata and 80 other houses. 80 other houses. Now, I'll link to it. You can read the story yourself. But here's the point. Look at what, how little it took to incite this level of violence against an entire village because three men were cleaning the entryway to a church and the dust happened to fall upon the suit of a man passing by. That is very concerning. Christian, uh, Christians being subjected to violence so carelessly. And I wonder who will take notice. Is this an area that provides um, uh, resources to us? Do we care? I wonder. Nigeria continues to suffer, as I reported in the headline news. They continue to suffer with these uh, Islamic groups and terrorist organizations that are persecuting Christians there. And not much is ever done. There's not a lot of outcry there. So these stories do concern me, and as the body of Christ, I wish and I pray that there is some way to alleviate the suffering of so many so far away, and I pray it doesn't come to our doorstep. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, there's a couple stories that were concerning me, and you know, it's not so much, so I'll just tell the story first and then explain why. The story of Demi Lovato, who's a not a B-list actor, really, actress, not really famous anymore. She was uh, more of a Disney star, so my generation kind of grew up with her, watching her on Disney Channel. But uh, she came out as non-binary. Now, most people don't even know what this means, and they're like, so what do I care about Demi Lovato coming out as non-binary? You read my thoughts. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, the, the reason why it matters is because of the transgender movement. In fact, if because the whole thing right now is Demi Lovato is going through like a mental health issues and rediscovery of herself. And praise be to God, she needs to uh, help herself. A lot of famous actresses and actors go through uh, crazy things in the in the acting industry. So they need that. But the problem is they come out and she comes out non-binary. Now, what does this mean? And why is this concerning? Well, the reason why is because if she was just dealing with mental health issues and she was doing suffering with it, nobody would care. But the fact that she comes out as non-binary and this pushes the transgender narrative, this pushes this movement of the LGBTQI2SAPPA, which is the actual acronym, uh, it, that whole movement, now people will start talking about it. And it's important. Why? Because what is non-binary? Non-binary literally just means not identifying with male or female. So it literally means whatever you want it to mean. It's a redefinition of reality. It's taking reality and conforming it to the will of the user. Now, where does this come from? This this whole ideology comes from Aleister Crowley, who's a famous Satanist who uh, developed the he's he said the one commandment is do what thy wilt shall be the whole of the law, which is the exact opposite of God's law, which is uh, to love God and love your neighbor. And so they, they instead it's do what thou wilt. But the problem is reality exerts a force onto someone. And reality forces you to do things. It forces us to conform to our uh, to our to how we're born. People like to say, "Oh, you know, people are born gay, and you know, God, and then uh, God makes them gay." And they try to use that as an argument. But then they also try to push the transgender movement and be like, "Oh, well, they were born in the wrong body." Well, 
make up your mind. Does God make mistakes or not? And uh, so people need to understand that you are your body. There is not a difference between you and your body. You are a hylomorphic creature, according to uh, Aquinas and Aristotle. And what is a hylomorphic creature? It's a body-soul composite. Mm. We are both body and soul. You cannot divorce one from the other. And so a non-binary person, uh, so she refers to herself as they, them, which is absurd because that's a, that's a pronoun used for multiple people. So you cannot identify as multiple people. It's not possible. And she doesn't identify as multiple people. She just wants to change the language. And this is so important. This is so important because that's how the left controls everything is by changing the language. And so if you say white supremacist, they mean everyone who disagrees with them. They can throw out racist. No, racist doesn't mean what it used to mean now. Now it just means that you, they just, you disagree with the left. They change the language and thus control everything because uh, whenever you redefine words now words have no meaning they don't mean anything they can mean whatever you want them to mean and you cannot fight with them because mm. no logic exists anymore because you destroyed everything all of the foundation of conversation of dispute disputation of argumentation all of it is out the window because we have no common ground of even how to speak with one another and that's why this is so important and so concerning it's a, really an, essentially an attack against God. It's a, it's a railing and a shaking the fist at God Almighty because we are made in God's image and likeness. Janelle? Yes, and I have something to say about that. So that reminds me of this quote I've heard, and I think it rings really true, not just for LGBTQ people, but for all sinners, that God loves you so much that he wants you to come as you are, but he loves you too much for you to stay as you Amen. are. Amen. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, praise be to God. There's another story um, that really is disturbing me. I've been reading this story for a couple of days, and I I didn't really want to talk about it because it's just too disturbing to me as a parent. But it's 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 just disturbing. I can't even. Okay, Dallas. This is happening in Dallas. This happened in Dallas a couple of days ago. Now uh, there was a gentleman who came into a home in the wee hours in the morning, stood over the crib of two toddlers. They were twins, and this is caught on camera, and he takes one of them. And he murders that child, and then he comes back for the other one. It's so disturbing. And you know what gets me about stories like this? Let's pray for the repose of the soul of that child. Let's pray for the parents that are involved and the, and the shock on the, uh, of the person who had to discover the lifeless body of that little child and had to report it. And it's a tragedy all around. What kills me about stories like this when I come across them is there's no answer. There's no answer as to, like, is it just me or, like, are you the same way? When you read stories like this, you're like, why? Okay, tell me what is going on here. Like, you read these stories and there's no hint at a motive. Now, there's a couple of factors here. One, I'm not entitled to know. I don't have to know. Like, who am I that I should know at all? I get that. Number two, there's, there's obviously a legal proceeding that now has to happen, so certain information is probably reserved in, in, as a part of the procedure and process. Sure, fine, I understand. But as a parent, this bugs me to no end. Not only is this diabolical and insane and just abhorrent on every level to me, to see footage, baby uh, camera footage of this gentleman standing over these children and picking who he's going to uh, take first. 
is so disturbing to me. And I just need to know, like, what was going through this man's mind? Tell me. Just tell me that this person was possessed. And maybe I can cope with it easier. It reminds me of the story that Jesse Romero would say, would talk about in his book, uh, The Devil in the City of Angels, of the lady who was, uh, who shot her husband. And, uh, and then it turns out he was like, Mummering to himself, saying that that he told me to do it. Mm. And he was pointing at nothing in the corner. Yeah, uh, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, horrifying. Yeah, and and you see the picture of the gentleman who was arrested. Now I don't know if this person is the. I mean, is he guilty or not? Is this the right person they got? I wouldn't have the slightest clue. But it's all of these stories. When you read stories like this in the headlines, this is the stuff that comes across my mind. It's like. College you is, I just wish they would include something along the way of what was going through this person's mind when they decided to take this step. I, I, it just is so disturbing to me as a parent to read these uh, stories. I, I think it demonstrates that society is getting worse. It's definitely not getting better. That doesn't mean there's not good in society. Of course, there are much more good than evil, but... Look at the uptick in these types of things. Look at the uptick in these types of stories. And I'll be talking to Patrick Truman on this, uh, founder of the Center of Next, uh, Sexual Exploitation, on sexual exploitation. And one of the questions I plan to ask him is the connection between pornography and violent crimes. Pornography and, and these types of uh, diabolical headlines that we read all the time. There is a link there. Now, I'm not sure if the link is present in this particular story. But there is a link nonetheless, and that's part of why pornography is just destroying the world around us, and we tolerate it too much. And that is a very concerning story. So pray for the people involved in this story. Just reading the, um, just reading the facts, like where are the parents in this? It's just, it's heart-wrenching. Let's keep them in our prayers today. All right, that is going to do it for the What's Concerning Us section coming up. After this very short break, we have another news headline segment for you. And then Patrick Truman, founder of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, is going to be our guest talking about pornography and how it's destroying our country and the world around us. We'll be right back. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say... Christians have committed some of the worst atrocities in history, far worse than the supposed savages and heathens that they converted to Christianity. Well, G.K. Chesterton says, It is very right to rebuke our religion for falling short of our own standards and ideals. But it's absurd to pretend that Christianity fell lower than other religions that profess the very opposite standards and ideals. In other words, the savages and heathens have had some pretty savage and heathen ideas and practices from minor maltreatment all the way to human sacrifice. Chesterton says the Christian has not been worse than the heathen in an absolute sense. The Christian is only worse because it is his business to be better. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. And now the headline news. Epic Times reports 15,000 people were evacuated as a building, a, high, a skyscraper in China, wobbled in perfectly fine weather and with no earthquake. That's very concerning. LifeSite News is reporting that the CDC deputy director resigned after emails revealed that the teachers union lobbied to keep schools closed. LifeSite also reported on a priest that was forced to leave the parish after beautifying the church and celebrating Mass as normal amid the COVID um, restrictions. Says this, a priest who brought beautiful art and liturgy to his parish has been forced into retirement, allegedly for disobedience. But his parishioners believe that both they and their tradition-loving priest are being punished for celebrating mask-free masses. Father Ray Hager, now 60 years old, was interviewed by one of the Archdiocese's St. Louis's own periodicals, the St. Louis Review, in 2018, after he oversaw the renovation of the sanctuary of St. Barnabas, the Apostle Catholic Church, in O'Fallon, Missouri. The magazine noted that the auxiliary bishop did consecrate the altar. The same auxiliary bishop, however, mentioned the beautification of the church as part of the, quote, pattern of failing to comply with archdiocesan administrative policies and directives from the office of the bishop, unquote. Uh, so there is a concerning story there. Keep everybody in your prayers. Breitbart is reporting that violent crime spikes in counties that ended police program, turning illegal aliens over to ICE. Violent crimes increased in two North Carolina counties that ended their police program that helped more easily turn criminal illegal aliens over to the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency for arrest and deportation and investigation and fines. The immigration reform law reviewed records in the Mecklenburg County and Wake County, North Carolina, both of which ended their agreements with ICE in December 2018 after a decade of cooperation with the federal agency. From 2018 to 2019, the investigation finds Mecklenburg, good grief, Mecklenburg, I'm going to get this, I promise you, Mecklenburg County saw a rise in every violent crime category, including murder, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. It's not funny, I just can't say the word for whatever reason. In Wake County, during the same period, overall violent crimes were increased. So, very concerning story there. Epic Times reports new video shows that the January 6th Capitol breach suspects telling others this has to be peaceful. So this brand new video has come out. A never seen before video from inside the U.S. Capitol building uploaded this week shows protesters speaking with Capitol Police officers during the January 6th breach. The officer, who is inaudible at times, is heard telling the protesters at one point, quote, we're not against. You need to show us, unquote, before saying, quote, no attacking, no assault, remain calm, unquote. One of the individuals seen in the video is Jacob Chansley, known as the Q Shaman, who, uh, he's the guy with the uh, b- buffalo horn thing, uh, who faces charges including civil disorder, obstruction of an official proceeding, and disorderly and disruptive conduct in a, re- in a restricted building. 
The short clip shows Chansley apparently telling other protesters that, quote, this has to be peaceful, unquote, and that, quote, we have the right to uh, peacefully assemble, unquote. The Capitol Police also responded to the video and told the left-leaning fact-checking website PolitiFact that the claim that officers gave protesters permission to enter is misleading. And those are your headline news. Uh, we join, We are joined right now by Patrick Truman, founder of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for joining our program. Thank you very much. Actually, I'm the president, not the founder. It's a uh, organization that's about 57, 58 years old. Wow. You can see I'm much younger than that. Well, yeah, praise be to God for it too. Well, I did have, I did have an opportunity to interview you some years ago. Uh, you were, you and your organization were hosting a summit here in the Houston area. And, uh, hey. yeah, I was able to get you into the studio. We had a great conversation. Now, I, I wrote a book in 2014 on how to overcome pornography addiction based on my own experience of addiction. Uh, and your information, Porn Harms, was so critical and vital. I've used it many times. I've shared it uh, many, many times and when I've been able to travel and speak on the subject. And I, the joke goes, there's no man in America who knows more about pornof- pornography than you. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure that gets a chuckle, but, uh, I think it's also very true. Uh, can you give us really quick your background on fighting pornography in America? Well, when I was with the U.S. Department of Justice, the Attorney General at that time under the Reagan administration, Ed Meese, formed a criminal division prosecution section to go after the major producers and distributors of pornography in America. And uh, I ended up heading that unit called the Child Exploitation and Obscenity Section. And uh, we uh, put on a target list about uh, 70 different major porn industry uh, companies. And by the time of the end of the uh, Bush administration, the first Bush administration, we had prosecuted almost half of those. And we would have completely eliminated the porn industry had that section not stopped prosecuting. Uh, at the end of the Bush administration, Bill Clinton got in and that section was downgraded. They stopped going after the porn industry and sort of the rest is history. Then, you know, with the Internet pornography, it's everywhere. And so many people have been entrapped by it. And really, it's still against the law today to distribute hardcore pornography. If the Justice Department would prosecute, this wouldn't be a problem. Maybe we can define terms. I mean, I don't want to get graphic here. But pornography is sold in hotel rooms all across the planet today. Um, what What is considered hardcore? What isn't? Well, normally uh, a, a depiction of sexual acts is considered hardcore pornography. It doesn't have to be uh, actual. It could be just simulated uh, sex acts. But uh, normally that's the, that's the standard. The uh, legal definition is um, more complicated than that. But essentially, that's what it is. And uh, by the way, in a project of our organization, we took on the hotel industry. And most hotels now don't have pornography in the rooms. Praise be to God for that. Uh, We're talking with Patrick Truman. He is president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. I want to talk about the stats with pornography. It's surprise. It doesn't. I'm never. um, I'm caught off guard is what I want to say. Anytime I encounter Christians, specifically Catholics, that seem to give a pass to pornography, they act as though it's harmless or, or it's just uh, entertainment that could even help couples, they'll, they'll say many times. 
Um, but the stats don't bear that. Can you share with us some of the statistics on why pornography is harmful? Well, I think the first thing you need to know is that the pornography industry has eroticized sexual violence. They've eroticized rape. Rape is a very common theme. Child sex abuse is a very common theme. Uh, sexual violence is a very common theme. So that you have uh, in uh, something in excess of 90% of all the porn films, those themes so the consumers of that material take that into their brain and it has an effect on them. A pornography particularly affects the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is where we, if it isn't developed right, that harms your common sense. It harms your uh, good judgment. That's the part of the brain that uh, uh, deals with impulse control. So if you're consuming sexual violence constantly, if you're consuming uh child sex abuse constantly, etc. cetera, uh, that is going to make a difference in your daily life. So that's what the porn industry is doing to the world. Patrick Truman is our guest. Uh, he's the president on the, of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. But Patrick, people are encountering this stuff pretty much everywhere now. And it's not just the days have go are gone where you'd have some building on the side of the highway in the middle of uh, outside of town and and there'd be, you know, indiscreet cars parked there and nobody would know who they were or coming. But that, those days are gone. Uh, this is way more accessible now than it has ever has been in, in the history of the world, wouldn't you say? Well, no question. And what parents don't realize is that when they give their child a cell phone, they're giving them a porn uh, store. Mm. And uh, so you have on Twitter, you have on Facebook and all these social networking sites Pornography. The, the people are, uh, the porn industry is putting that material out there in order to gain customers. And uh, individuals are trading it. Individuals are making money on sites like OnlyFans and etc. So it's, that kind of material is just omnipresent on the internet and on these social networking sites. So you're right. It's no longer just the store out in the edge of town or in a seedy part of downtown big city. It's everywhere. And, uh, you know, something that occurs to me as I'm, as I'm talking here, Bishop Sheen said in his book, uh, Life, Life in Christ, I think it was, that to uh, those who live close to the flesh never understand the, uh, the spiritual. And that's what we have to understand, that when you're living in the flesh, when you're looking at pornography, you crowd out the spiritual. That spiritual life doesn't exist in a regular pornography users. And as Catholics, uh, we have to be very concerned about that. The Catholic Church Catechism says that the consumption of pornography is a grave offense. That's the essence of this whole story. Wow. Uh, we're just about at a break right now, I think. We're going to come up to this hard break. We're talking with Patrick Truman on the National Center on uh, ex Sexual Exploitation about the harms of pornography. And uh, on the other side of the break, I want to ask about some of the greater connections between violence and, and pornography is, and this eroticism. I also want to talk about some of the, uh, the dirty dozen uh, uh, customers that you deal with to try to educate us, parents, family members, and people in society as to the harms of this and what we can do to help prevent our kids from being infected by this. All that and much more is coming up right after this very short break. Patrick Truman is our guest. We'll be right back. 
The rule of St. Benedict has guided monastic communities for nearly 1,500 years. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Benedictine monks still use the book every day to order our daily lives. So what's the secret to the rule's vitality? Moderation and flexibility. St. Benedict calls it a little rule for beginners. Since we're really all beginners, the rule is as relevant for you as it is for monastic communities. It helps us believe, I can be holy too. The rule is also flexible. St. Benedict makes it clear that everything takes a back seat to the guiding principle of saving souls. In St. Benedict's rule, the goal is holiness. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com Remember, holiness is the end point, not the place where most of us start. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects homebuyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Speed of Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Patrick Truman is our guest. He is the president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, and they are just doing some incredible work to combat uh, this uh, real plague. This I mean, truly a pandemic upon mankind of pornography and all that's linked to it. Patrick, welcome back to our show. I want to Thank talk you. more yeah. about the the link between sort of this this notion that many have Christians Catholics people in society that think pornography is no big deal it's just entertainment what's the big what's the problem and some of these more perverse things that we're dealing with uh violence and and um crimes and you know perversities like transgenderisms and and confusions there is a link here is it could it be said that pornography can be the, like sort of the air quotes gateway drug to so much worse well, no question about it. <clears throat> there are uh, uh, numerous studies uh, that associate sexual violence with the consumption of pornography. I think that statistics show that uh, boys are two to three times more likely to engage in sexual uh, dating violence if they are consuming pornography. And it makes sense mm. because pornography has so much sexual violence. What you need to understand about pornography is that it never satisfies. The brain always demands harder and more deviant material. It's called escalation. So you might just look at topless photos initially, but you want more. And on the internet and on the tele, on your telephone, your cell phone, there's always more in some place. And so the escalation leads you to harder and more deviant material. And then there's the experimentation. Mm. You don't want to just look at it. You want to participate in it. So pornography does lead to violence. There's no question about it. I think some people would look at this and say, like, for instance, they read in the headlines that some famous person was uh, arrested because they had child pornography. And they and they just they, their mind starts to twist. How could this be? Uh, I think in some ways people feel like those people are somehow born different than the rest. They're born with this dysfunction or problem, and they can't seem to realize that 
Nobody grows up thinking someday they're going to use child pornography. They find themselves there after a long road of going down this perverse path, and it's all linked together. Let's talk about some of the um, some of the the contributing factors. How about video games? How many parents out there allow their kids to play video games unrestricted? That's a big problem, isn't it? Well, it's a big problem, but what many parents don't even realize is that on these video consoles, you can uh, you have access to the internet, so you're playing people all over the world. But at the same time, since it's an internet connected, there's a lot of pornography that's traded there. Mm. But it's also the sexual violence that's depicted there. Many times in these video games, there's a uh, a reward for winning, and it might be sex with a prostituted woman wow. or some d- depiction of pornography. That's all there, and you know, parents would say, well. You know, I used to look at video games. Well, they're not the same today as they were before. And it's the same thing with pornography. It's not the same today as it was when you grew up. Uh, we talked to um, Nick McKinley uh, from Deliver Fund, and he is in the business of trying to bust human traffickers in the United States. And he talked about how video games were used to traffic children, to groom and traffic children um, in a major way. So it's a major concern. And I think there's also an issue there that kind of relates to, I know I've heard your, your own testimony of your work in New York to bust traffickers, pimps, prostitution. But now there's a libertarian movement that would seem to suggest that we should legalize prostitution. We should legalize a lot of these things that have been taboo in society. What would you say to that? Well, the argument they say is that everybody should be able to make a living in any way that they want. But if you're uh, in prostitution, uh, most people in prostitution are actually trafficked. Uh, They'll have a pimp controlling them. They don't get the money. They don't have health care. They don't have any benefits. They're beaten regularly. This is sex trafficking. So the idea that we should legalize sex trafficking is just patently ridiculous. Patrick Truman is our guest. He is the president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Uh, talking about pornography, but how it's connected to many evils and, and grave uh, concerns in our society. Patrick, let's go to the Dirty Dozen. Now, this is something that your organization focuses on quite a bit um, in hopes of highlighting those organizations that we probably contribute to all the time, uh, but who are ex- either they're somehow connected to the porn and the porn problem in our country. Can you share with us the Dirty Dozen? Sure. Uh, there's a number. There's, of course, 12 uh, companies that we've put on each year. <clears throat> Amazon is one of the top ones. Wow. Now, Amazon has a, a cloud service a, 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 that has uh, pornography. It's available to others. Amazon sells a host of products that are pornographic. They were selling child sex dolls, anatomically mm. correct children that are made of uh, materials that are skin-like, etc. That's disturbing. Amazon has always been a problem. Google's another one. Google Chromebooks, these little uh, uh, computers, uh, laptop computers that are given away by many schools have the filtering turned off. They have filters on them, but Google won't turn them on. And so, so many children in, uh, in schools that get these are turning to pornography. Netflix is another one. Netflix has so much pornography on it. And if, all you have to do is uh, search for it and it's there. It's unfortunate and kids are getting it uh, so regularly. 
Uh, there's a number of other uh, companies related to prostitution, like Seeking Arrangements. This is supposedly a, a site to help college girls earn a little bit of living, uh, a good living. They'll connect them up with a, with a older men who want to date them. Well, of course, it's really a prostitution site because that's what the older men are looking for. Mm. Twitter's another one. Twitter has so much pornography on it, and, and uh, it's used by sex traffickers to trade uh, children and adults. So uh, that's just a sampling of the 12, but uh, you can find those that Dirty Dozen list on our website, which is endsexualexploitation.org. And there's a lot of resources there. I would highly recommend studies, statistics, and a lot more. Um, you should be checking that out. We'll link to it, of course. Now, okay, we have about five minutes left in our conversation with Patrick Truman, president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. What, what do parents do? What do you when you talk to parents like what is your what what do you tell them how do how do we protect our kids we got to send them off to school we don't know what we don't know what their friends will bring to school i myself when i was in uh elementary school got busted for passing pornography around the around uh, the the school uh it was pretty embarrassing um i didn't get punished all that much for it but uh, nowadays it's on our phones as you've mentioned and every kid has a phone so what do parents do in this regard well, I would really encourage them to go to our website. There's a section called resources. Again, endsexualexploitation.org. Then you go to resources right at the top of the page. And there are resources for parents. It'll tell you how to uh, block a phone, what to do with your computer, what services are available, what to do to your neighbor, in your neighborhood, etc. Because, you know, you can do all the things possible to protect your children. But if they go next door and they have, parents there haven't done anything, your kids are getting pornography. And uh, one thing I would strongly advise is don't give your kids a cell phone. Uh, someone uh, that we're associated with was asked, what's the appropriate age to give a child a cell phone? And I thought the answer was really quite wonderful. The answer was you give a child a cell phone at whatever age you want your children to begin looking at pornography. Ooh. Doesn't that say at all? Ouch. You have a cell phone, there's so many ways to get pornography. So don't do it. Wow, that's pretty rough. You know, I had uh, I shared this story several times, but uh, I had someone call me years ago because I was known as the porn guy and uh, locally helping people overcome pornography. And they said, I have an 18-year-old son who we caught using pornography in his bedroom on his computer. So we took his computer and shut the internet off. And I said, praise be to God, you've already done way more than most parents. And they said, but you don't understand. He built the computer out of spare parts and hacked the neighbor's Wi-Fi. And, and then I said, wow, that is pretty darn serious. And they said, well, he's about to go to college. We don't know what to do. I said, don't send him to college. He's not ready. And then they stopped talking to me because they couldn't wrap their mind around why they would not send their kid off to college. How about that? If kids aren't prepared to stand on their own two feet, should parents continue to, to help them and pre help prepare them for it? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways to prepare them for it. And I think parents should have some hope in this. It's really a good story that uh, we can do a lot. And I would encourage you again to go to that resources section. Uh, you know, your child is going to be exposed to pornography. That, that's settled. The question is, what do you do when they are? How do you talk to them? Uh, what do you do to prepare them for that point? When they're young, there are books, you know, that uh, even as young kids that 
talk about uh, how to, uh, what's the appropriate uh, uh, approach to, to the body, etc. So there's a lot of hope for parents, and I would strongly encourage you to prepare yourself. And no matter what age your kids are, even if they're in college, there's still a lot you can do. Just about a minute and a half left with Patrick Truman. I want to end with a point that you mentioned early on very quickly, and that was they're no longer enforcing the law. Uh, Is that based just on politics? So when uh, a particular political group gets into the office, then they decide whether or not they're going to enforce the law? Or have you seen this, uh, both Republican and Democrat, not enforcing the law? I've been seen it in both Republican and Democrat. I worked for Attorney General Bill Barr uh, when he was first Attorney General, and then in his second uh, time as Attorney General under Trump, uh, he wouldn't prosecute pornography the first time he did. And I think that there's a reluctant, they don't want to look like they're prudes or something, Mm. but uh, here we have truly a pandemic. That's something I wrote about 10 years ago in the Knights of Columbus article. I called it the pornography pandemic. And people today want to say, well, that's trivializing a real pandemic. No, we have a pandemic of harm caused by pornography. We have to wake up to that. And the best tool to stop it is the law. We saw an increase in uh, pornography use over the pandemic, 2020 years. So it's definitely a real problem. Patrick Truman, president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you and to your work and to your team. Thank you very much. God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We'll be posting this conversation later today on our YouTube channel and Facebook and elsewhere. You can find the links at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. If you can join us in the next hour, we're going to have the Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show and prizes are involved and you could win. All that coming up in the next hour. God love you and God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible clearly says that Jesus had brothers and sisters, but the Catholic Church teaches that Mary was a perpetual virgin. How can that be? Mark 6 verse 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Point number one to consider. There is no word for cousin or for nephew or for niece, aunt, uncle in ancient Hebrew or Aramaic. The words that the Jews used in all those instances were brother or sister. An example of this can be seen in Genesis 14, 14, where Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, is called his brother. Another point to consider, would the last thing that Jesus did on earth be to grievously offend his surviving brothers? Right before Jesus dies, John 19 tells us that Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to the apostle John. If Mary had any other sons, this would have been an incredible slap in the face to them that the apostle John was entrusted with the care of their mother. Also, we see from Matthew 27, 55, and 56 that the James and Josephs mentioned in Mark 6 as the brothers of Jesus are actually the sons of another Mary. And one other passage to consider, Acts 1 verses 14 to 15 speaks of a company of about 120 persons that consist of the apostles, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let's see. There were 11 apostles at the time. 
Jesus' mother makes 12. The women, probably the same three women mentioned at the crucifixion in Matthew 27, but let's say it was maybe a dozen or two, just for argument's sake. That puts us up to 30 or 40 or so. So that leaves the number of Jesus' brothers at about 80 or 90, according to this scripture passage. Do you think Mary had 80 or 90 children? She would have been in perpetual labor. No, scripture does not contradict the teaching of the Catholic Church about the brothers of Jesus when scripture is interpreted in proper context. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I am your host, Joe McClain. It's great to be on with you. Good morning to you. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Patrick Truman, founder, or rather, I uh, correct myself, president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Great conversation. Incredible resource, I would say, for parents at the very least. Um, but they are raising awareness and trying to lobby organizations uh, to stop participating in the pornography industry. They put a lot of effort into speaking directly with companies like Google and, and others. They've had some successes and and not so much in other areas, but they're still out there fighting it every single day and very proud of them. So I highly recommend them, and uh, we'll be linking to them as well. So in this hour, praise be to God, we are going to have a little bit more fun, a little bit more inspiring, a little bit more upbeat. You see the pattern there? Hour number one is very serious, very intense at times. Hour number two, it's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit more fun and more relaxed, and praise be to God for it. We're going to have our game show uh, this hour. Thanks to our, our sponsor this week, BrightlyHued.com, BrightlyHued.com, uh, for sponsoring our game show. And uh, that prize will be given away tomorrow. So there's three chances today, three chances tomorrow to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence and uh, your opportunity will be coming up. We'll be giving out the phone number. But if you're interested, you can find the phone number and the rules all on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And Janelle has come in this morning. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning. I'm here today. Yeah. Praise be to God. Uh, it's good to see you. So you'll be helping us with the game show. Are you prepared for that? I mean, is it an intense experience to get ready for the game show? Oh, so very intense. Very Having intense. to read all the original sources and, and, and go Lots back to... Lots of research, trying yeah. to mind boggle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a journey. It's a search. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, journeys, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Don't stop believing is all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. Because <laughs> it's, it's a journey? Because it's a journey. Because it's a journey. You know? I, get, I get where you you're feel, going. Oh, you feel man. me? You feel me? I get where you're and, going. Uh, I get where you're going. Janelle does all the research and I'm all that. I'm surprised you even used a song, to be honest. Dude, I'm like 100 years old. 100. 100. 100. So I, I witnessed. I was there when Journey first started. The beard's looking good, by the way. Yeah, I know. I look like I'm 12. It's horrible. Fantastic. 
<laughs> Baby face. At Bald. any rate, praise be to God. Uh, how much research do you put into the game show, Adrian? I guess. You every Every time. single time. Every time. I just make up the answer on the spot. Sometimes just I'm right. Like sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes. I'm like, sometimes. Uh, sometimes. And sometimes. then occasionally, occasionally you'll throw a question up there and I'm like, I have no idea what this, what you're talking about right now. And I have to like quick Wikipedia, Wikipedia it. I can't say words. But yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, praise be to God. We're going to have fun with it either way. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Of course, that's in the first half of the hour. So breaking news and stories. Good news. Uh, good news in the breaking news today in this hour. And then, of course, Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day, the game show. And then, of course, we do our after show in the second half. And that's just on social media. That's just a live video feed on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. We are streaming live right to our website right now, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And lest I should forget, we will be sending out the email to the list tonight, this afternoon, with the entire talk with Dr. Paul Kengor that we recorded just the other day on his book, The Devil and Karl Marx. It's, it's a good, good conversation. I guarantee there's information in this book that you have never heard, that your friends who somehow espouse socialist ideals have never heard before. So it'll be very enlightening conversation. It was an hour long, and we're going to send the entire talk to our email list. On Monday, though, we'll play 20 minutes of the conversation. So if you're not on the email list, you'll get a taste of that on Monday uh, on the show. But if you want the entire talk, you got to be on the email list. And you can do that on our website. You can sign up right there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or simply text the letters GRN to the number 42828. Just text GRN to the number 42828. And you can sign up to our email list right away. So that's what's on the agenda today. Praise be to God. Hopefully you'll be able to join us for all the hour or at least part of it. But let's pray. Pray for your intentions, whatever's on your heart, whatever your needs are. We are certainly including those intentions. You can comment if you're hanging out on live video. Or your guardian angel knows what your intentions are and we'll be sure to include them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines. According to the Catholic News Agency, Texas governor signs heartbeat bill into law. Praise be to God. The governor of Texas on Wednesday signed a ban on most abortions conducted after the detection of a fetal heartbeat. Governor Greg Abbott signed SB 8, a bill prohibiting doctors from performing abortions unless they first search for a fetal heartbeat, which can be detected as early as six weeks into pregnancy. If doctors were to detect a heartbeat under the legislation, they could not perform an abortion except in, an, in a medical emergency. The law is enforced exclusively through private civil action, though, and not by the government. Aletia reports that Mark Wahlberg and uh, Mel Gibson are going to be starring in a biopic on a boxer turned priest. 
Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson will star in an upcoming biopic about the life of Father Stuart Long. Wahlberg will take the lead role as Father Long, while Gibson will play his father. The movie has only just started filming and has yet to announce a release date. Father Long had a long and winding road to the priesthood. As a young man, he was an aspiring boxer with a promising future. In 1985, Long won the Montana Golden Gloves Championship, but he eventually left the circuit after a particularly brutal fight that left him in need of facial reconstructive surgery. The production has only just begun filming, so there are a few details to share, but with so many events to cover prior to this, to his conversion and vocation, it is hard to tell to what extent the film will cover Father Long's ministry. Mark Wahlberg has assured the Diocese of Helena that he intends to, quote, do honor, unquote, to the late priest's memory. The Catholic News Agency is reporting that Chattanooga Chattanooga pro-lifers celebrate 28 years without an abortion clinic. Praise be to God. The pro-life community in Chattanooga, Tennessee, celebrated its 28th anniversary this week of not having an abortion clinic in the city. Chattanooga's last abortion clinic closed on May 17, 1993, and the pro-life community has been working to educate the public ever since. 28 years ago, the pro-life community raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to purchase the last failing abortion clinic in a bankruptcy sale. The building was restored into two pro-life centers, Choices Pregnancy Resource Center, which supports pregnant women, and the National Memorial to the Unborn, which works to help heal the pain associated with abortion loss. And those are your good news headlines for today. The saint of the day is King St. Ethelbert of East Anglia. King St. Ethelbert, we don't have an exact birthday for him, uh, but he was born in the 8th century. He was a son of Ethelred, king of the East Angles, and Leofrana. He was a pious youth, and he would have preferred religious life, but was in line for the throne. He reigned as a king of East Anglia for 44 years. He would have preferred to remain celibate, but he agreed to take the hand of Alfreda, daughter of Ofa, king of the Mercians, in order to continue a stable line to the crown. There were a number of supernatural indications that it was a bad choice, including earthquakes and a great fog overcoming him on his journey, which went away when he ordered his men and himself to kneel and ask for God's mercy. But Ethelbert went anyway. Due to the court's intrigues, Ethelbert was murdered by a man named Grimbert at the instigation of his father-in-law, Otha of Mercia. Often listed as a martyr, he was murdered in 793 at Villa Australis, Mercia. His body was buried like trash, but a heavenly light identified it, and it was eventually relocated and moved several times. During one of the moves, the head fell off the body and fell off the cart it was being carried in. It touched a pedestrian who had been blind for 11 years and cured him. We don't have a canonization date for him because he was canonized by the census fidelium before the Congregation of Doctrine of Faith had started do, to do formal canonizations. King St. Ethelbert of East Anglia, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, I pray not only for these but also for those who will believe in me through their word, 
so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and that that and they know you that sent me, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, Brain Frog, it is a real struggle. Praise be to God in all things, though. I love this little hint here about just the hammering of the oneness, right? Augustine would say that the real trick to being one, to remaining in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost is really us. We're the trick. We prevent ourselves. He would say, or that in ourselves we cannot be one, severed from each other by diverse pleasures and lusts and the pollution of sin, from which we must be cleansed by a mediator in order to be one in him. We are the problem. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so this is a continuation of the gospel from yesterday. And yesterday I was mentioning the fact that the when our Lord prayed, at that, in the last, uh, in yesterday's gospel, he was praying specifically for the apostles and not for the whole world because he was sending the apostles on a very specific mission. Here in this scripture passage, uh, which I referred to yesterday, he says, I pray not only for these. And so he's making distinction here, but also for those who will believe in me through their word so that they may all be one. So these are two different prayers that are happening here. There's a distinction that needs to be made between the apostles and the descendants of the apostles, which are the the bishops and then the priests beneath them, um, but in the laity. Now, we kind of blur the lines of the laity and the ordained uh, and the modern world, but that's not what our Lord intended. Our Lord intended for there to be a distinction, for us to be a separation. There's a great book Fulton Sheen put out, Those Mysterious Priests, and the book was meant for the laity to understand the separation between the laity and the priesthood and how the priesthood serves the laity, but there is a, there is something, there is something mysterious about the priesthood, something that is, uh, that is instituted by Christ himself because it is us who are to, through their word, the word of the apostles and thus their successors, the magisterium of the church, but it's through their words that we, we may be one because our Lord does not desire division. He desires unity. In fact, that is one of the attributes of being. We often say goodness, truth, and beauty, but we forget that unity is also one of the attributes of being because our Lord is one in the Trinity. So too, he wants us as the body of Christ, as the church to be one underneath the, uh, the apostles and his, and their descendants. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the gospel reflection today. What's coming up now is the fear 
and Trembling Game Show, the trivia game show where prizes are involved and you could win. And you don't even need to know the answers to the questions. It's that simple. So call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. The phone lines are open. Your chance to win is now 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't share this with anybody. Keep this just between us. But we like to do a few things on this trivia game show. One, we like to teach the faith. So you always tend to learn something you probably did not know before. Praise be to God for that. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh in the process. And, you know, our contestants tend to be a lot of fun. Good sports about it all. And praise God. And then we give out prizes. And so it kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the deal if you're just joining us. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand. We do have a caller on the line. What we don't ask the caller the question, so they don't technically even need to know these these uh, questions or answers to win the game. So praise be to God for that, because I don't ask them the question. I'll ask Janelle this morning, and I'll ask Adrian right here in the studio 
one of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the guest on the phone will have 15 seconds to decide who do they trust more. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Now, this week's prize is underwritten generously uh, by BrightlyHued.com. That's BrightlyHued.com. Beautiful sticker pack. I mean, these are big stickers. These are not let's just say inexpensive stickers. These are beautiful Catholic stickers, gorgeous artwork that you could put in all kinds of places on your coffee mug, your laptop, your phone, and those kinds of things. And we're very grateful to brightlyhued.com for generously underwriting this week's prize pack. So let's go to the phones. And we are grateful to all who tried to call in to be a part of our game. Tomorrow, there'll be another opportunity. So look forward to that. But uh, Kiara from uh, Houston, good morning to you. Thanks for calling in the program. Good morning. Praise be to God. Thanks for uh, being on the show. Um, now you're from Houston. Where do you where do you go to church? Uh, my parish is Saint John Vianney. Saint John Vianney. Isn't that Janelle's parish? I believe it's Janelle's parish, right around the corner yes, from where I'm we're actually... located right now. Actually. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm actually her sister. What? <laughs> so surprise. Uh, okay, so for the sake of the audience, it, do I say your name, Kiara? How do I say your name properly? Yes, sir. Kiara is correct. Kiara. Now, did you and your sister conspire on the questions? Did she share the questions with you so that you would know the answers? In all honesty, no, sir. In all honesty. Okay. On pain of excommunication, you're saying. <laughs> anathema sit. That should be a question we should ask. What does anathema sit mean? But Ooh. all right, that is not one of the questions today. Now, Kiara, have you been listening? Do you, un- do you know how the game is played? Um... Janelle did explain it a little bit to me, but I've never actually listened to how it works. <laughs> well, then you're in for a treat, because here's how it works. I won't ask you these questions, Kira. I will ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. You will have 15 seconds to decide who do you trust more. And as I'm sure experience has taught you, you can't always trust your sister. So... <laughs> Keep that in mind. Are you ready to play, Kira? Yes, sir. All right, we will go to Janelle. Uh, Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready here. Are, with are you the... sure? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Janelle, can you tell me who provided the burial plot where Jesus' body was placed after he was crucified? Ooh. I would have to say Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Hmm. Sounds reasonable anyway. Let's see what Mr. Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me who provided the burial plot where Jesus' body was placed after he was crucified? Huh. The person. Hmm. That would be. I'm going to go with mm-hmm. uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Ooh. I like the name. That's. that's I like the name. It could be right. Joseph of Arimathea is your answer. Okay. Kiara, here's the deal. Adrian says Joseph of Arimathea, and Janelle says Nicodemus. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kiara, what say you? Okay, I'm going to have to say that my sister is wrong on this one. Whoa! I trust Adrian. (laughs) Do you guys live in this... Congratulations. You are correct. It is Joseph of Arimathea, but do you guys live Yay. under the same roof? I'm just curious. Yes, so you're going to have to see each other later today. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, yeah. wow, Ouch. she just called you out on national <laughs> radio. Uh, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but that was whew, that was rough. But you are in fact correct. It is Joseph of Arimathea. So praise be to God. Yay. Well done. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Let's go on to question number two. We'll start with Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me, or rather, can you name for me the corrupt emperor of Rome whose name appears in the book of Acts? Yes, that would be Julian the Apostate. Julian the Apostate. Yep. Hmm. We talked about him yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yes, we did. Okay, let's see what uh, Miss Janelle has to say. Janelle, can you tell me, or rather, can you name for me, the corrupt emperor of Rome whose name appears in the Book of Acts? Mm, the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Nero. Nero. I hope okay. I said that right. Nero. Hmm, okay. He's the guy who fiddled while Rome burned, right? In that case? I, I believe Good times. so. Good times. Good times. I believe so. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, Kyra, uh, it... Janelle is on the hook for Nero, and Adrian is on the hook for Julian the Apostate. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Oh, this one, um, the names both sound so familiar, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I guess I'm just going to go with Adrian again. (laughs) Survey says... Oh, I should have trusted oh. your sister. You don't my trust sis- your own, my own sister? sister does Ouch. not even trust like, me. Oh, my goodness. You can't trust your sister. <laughs> like, who do you trust? Wow. Oh, man. Uh, really I'm feeling that God. sisterly <laughs> love <laughs> Good answer. Well said. Well said. Praise be to God. Well, in fact, the answer is Nero. Uh, Nero, who, uh, who committed suicide, by the way, was also the person who uh, put to death or put the death penalty upon St. Paul the Apostle and St. Peter. Uh, and uh, he, in fact, is listed in the Book of Acts. Now, Julian the Apostate comes later. He rena- he renounces his Christian faith uh, because of what Constantine did to his family. And he tried to become a pagan again, and he tried to destroy the church as best as possible. And it did not work. It did not work. So, praise I be to God see. for that. All right. You are in the cup once. You could get in there one more time, depending on how you answer this last question. And I don't know. I think this is the easiest question of all three. We'll see mm. how it goes. Janelle, we'll start with you again. Janelle, can you tell me to whom did the Virgin Mary declare that she was the Immaculate Conception—in Lourdes, France, in the year 1858? Lourdes. Oh, it's got to be Saint Bernadette. Got to be. It has, has to, to be. be. It has to be. I don't know any very other confident. French saints. You sound very confident. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you don't know any other French states? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's see what uh, Mr. Uh, or like none of it is coming to mind at the moment. Let's see what uh, Mr. Double Major Fonseca says here. Adrian, can you tell me to whom did the Virgin Mary declare that she was the Immaculate Conception in Lourdes, France, 1858? You know, my, my bachelor's degree in communication has really prepared me for this moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, that would be Margaret Mary Alacoque. Are you sure? Yep. Is that because you didn't know any other French saints? <laughs> okay. All right. I know at least two. Okay. Maybe so three. Adrian is on the hook for Margaret Mary Alacoque. And Janelle is on the hook for St. Bernadette. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kiera, what say you? Wait, bring it on. Um, I think 
Um, yeah, Janelle's definitely right on this one. I trust my sister now. Are, are you just trying to make up for the last question? I'm just curious. <laughs> nope. Survey says... Well done. There you go. Well Two for three. Well done. In fact, you're Woo. right. St. Bernadette. And we, we, sh- we had a question, was it last week? About the number of times Our Lady appeared to her? Yes. yes. Don't ask me again. I remember that. <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> no, I told no. all my friends about that. So who remembers? Like, oh, yeah. It was here, 18 times. 18 times. 18 yeah. times. I was going to guess 17. You were? Yeah. Oh, you were close. You were very close. 18 times. Kara, you did well. Two out of three ain't bad, as they say. How do you feel? <laughs> now, are you younger than Janelle or older? I am younger. Um, you are younger. So 20 and I'm 18. Oh, way to expose our ages. Yeah. Now, are, are, so are you afraid of confronting your sister later on now that you've uh, outed her on national radio? Not at all. Not uh, at all, she yes. says. She's younger than me, but she's taller than me. Oh, no. Uh, well, praise be to God. Carrie, you were such a fun sport. Thank you for your time today. Uh, congratulations. You are in the coffee cup of Divine Providence twice. You could still win. We've had people been in there one time and still their name was pulled out of the cup because it's all about God's providence, right? So if it is his providence, your name will be pulled out on tomorrow, as a matter of fact, on Friday. And you'll have to tune in to see if that's the case. So uh, God love you and God bless you. Thanks for being on our, our show today. Thank you for having me. All right. Praise be to God. I'm going to put you on hold, although I think we got your phone number, so we could probably get a hold of you. But uh, that is going to do it for the radio side of our program. Praise be to God. Uh, great conversations. Intense ones. Uh, you know, it's a difficult subject with our guest, Patrick Truman, from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, but an important one. So when we post that video today, that uh, just the interview segment, please do us a favor and share it with friends and family because it's an, an important conversation and in one we ought to be trying to help educate our friends and our family on. So we would be grateful. You can find the links and a ton more information on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But you can also join our email list there because this afternoon I'm going to be sending out that Dr. Paul Kengor hour-long conversation to just the email list. Again, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We'll see you in the after show or back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time to keep you informed and inspired. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and the After Show, where we conversate a little bit more casually with you, the dear audience. You get to choose the conversation. You get to drive that by commenting. So comment. Let us know where you're from. Let us know how you're listening or how you came across us. If you've never commented before, just so you know, we like to lavish love on first-time commenters. You're welcome to... uh, to say whatever you like, uh, but uh, first-time commenters, they, they get a little bit extra uh, love today. So if you're a first-time commenter, please do let us know, and we'll make sure to do that. Otherwise, whatever you want to talk about, whether it's uh, the topic that we discussed with Patrick Truman, 
stuff that we mentioned during What's Concerning Us or practically anything. Yeah, we, we like to get into rabbit hole conversations all the time. Yesterday, we had a fierce debate on what constitutes a good military movie from the last decade. Adrian Fonseca showed his disqualifications on the subject by pointing out movies that were just blatantly horrible. Um, so we can have that conversation, too. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, what else? I want to thank some folks that are hanging out with us this morning. Praise be to God. Joaquin, good morning to you. Lori and Maureen, Josh, a good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. Don, good to see you again. Praise be to God. Luz, Mary, um, good morning. Bridget, Bridget, Bridget. Is Bridget, Bridget new? Um, On Facebook? Maybe. Bridget, Bridget, are you no, a... No, no, she's not. She's not a first-time commenter. No. So she's a returning commenter, you're saying? Are you suggesting she's a returning commenter? Yes. What do returning commenters get? The horns. Is it everyone here in the returning commenter, though? Technically speaking, yes. Technically speaking. But just for the sake of playing the horns. Welcome back, Bridget, Bridget. Welcome back. Gloria, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, praise be to God. Who else? Josh Knoll, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Buddy. Buddy's on with us. Christopher Chance is on with us. Patty was. Praise be to God. Always good to see Patty. Uh, our friend Patty. Who else is on that side? Let's see. Glenn was on. He, he Glenn's a big fan of Patrick Truman and a supporter, I'm sure, of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Uh, good to have you here, Glenn. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's see. Who else is I'm scrolling. I'm trying to. Jesus Robles, our friend of the show, is, was on with us too. Praise be to God for that. Mike K and Pocahontas and Christopher Velasquez and, and Jeff Burrier and, and uh, Dominic and Sienna. Good morning to you. Uh, Cyril H. Is Cyril H a brand new commenter? Where? On YouTube side. I think he is or she. Cyril, I think you're a brand new commenter as well as Hugh Mungus. I don't see. Humongous. Cyril. I get the oh, joke. Oh, I see. I get the joke. I Hugh, see. Mr. Humongous. <laughs> Praise be to God. Thanks for commenting. We're very grateful to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being first-time commenters. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. And Angelo and Monica, good morning. Deacon Ken. Is Deacon Ken a brand new commenter? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, he, he made an excellent point. Praise be to God, Deacon. Thank you for your commenting this morning and being a part of our show. We're very grateful to you. Bye, Christopher. Chris said that he uh, he's going to leave early today because uh, he's going to go uh, to with his sister to get her car's oil changed. Oh, wow. So, okay. Adios, Mr. Christopher. Susan, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. Now, Deacon brought up a great point in the uh, What's Concerning Us. I talked about that story out of Dallas about that gentleman who was caught on camera going into that house, taking one of the two twin boys, and then... Uh, Doing horrible things. I called him a gentleman, and Deacon's like, he's not a gentleman. Don't call him a gentleman. And you're right, Deacon. I 100% agree with you. Um, he's not. Uh, whoever that person is, is definitely not acting very gentlemanly and doesn't deserve the title. I totally agree with you. Um, so thank you for, for bringing that up. And I agree with you. The distinction does need to be made. He says, he's a villain, a criminal pervert. Uh, but don't disparage other men who try to be gentle. Yes, I would agree. 100%. Praise be to God. 
Cyril H., where are you from, Cyril H.? Thanks for commenting today, by the way, participating in the conversation. We're very grateful to you. Where are you from? We'd love to know. Comment. Let us know. What else? Who else? Um, there was lots of conversation going on. I, I had a hard time today mentally. Like the brain was just freezing up on me. Like I need, a, I need to update the iOS or something in the, in the mind because good grief. Brain frog is a real thing. Oh, Wa- yes. Joaquin, the, the, uh, the horns are for you. Now, did you tell your sister to play the game today? Uh, no, this was actually very unplanned. I just told her about what I did at the radio station, and she seemed very interested in it. <laughs> yes. Uh, praise be to God. Well, that was fun. We had a good time. It was very fun. And I don't mind mixing, I don't mind stirring the pot among siblings. Oh, right? yes. So. No, there, there will always be um, some sparks. <laughs> A sibling, a sibling rivalry. I can't speak. See, it's, it's also <laughs> contagious, the brain frog. Brain like, frog? The brain frog, yeah. <laughs> it's a, the struggle is real, as I say. Jesus Robles says, the statement reflects the nature of the abortion movement, hell. Also, if anyone else in the conservative side would say fight like hell, it would be classified as divisive, violent, hateful. All media would have to come out of their skin. The media is so complicit with their biased reporting. It truly hurts. Yes. Yes. Yes or yes. I'm not sure what he's responding to, though. Yes. Um, I don't remember saying. I think he's responding to fight like hell. Mr. Did I say, did I say Mungus oh, from well, earlier. Southern California. Praise be to God. So, now, like, so we're talking San Diego, Oceanside. What, what, what are we talking about? Camp Pendleton? I spent time there as a Marine. Uh, I says, I think we had a troll. Funny how the same people who attack the church ignore the abuse that goes on in public schools. Yes, Mike K., you're so right about that. You know, um, we don't want to give a pass to the scandals in the church. I certainly don't. I know you don't. I know nobody does. We want people to be held accountable. That's been part of the struggle we've had internally in the church is like when the McCarrick thing broke in 2018 – you know, lay folk were like, enough is enough is enough. No more. It's time to hold people accountable. It's time that we put the hammer down. It's time we cleaned house. And um, no more of the shenanigans. No more of the cover-up. No more backroom deals. No more uh, of this nonsense. Public scandal re- requires public penance and public uh, confession. And and we're kind of seeing more of the same type of thing going on. We were just like, we're pretty sick of it. We, we, we want to see... A house cleaning go down among the among those within the church that would abuse God's people. We want no excuses. We want no more shenanigans. We want to see justice. At the same time, the largest segment of abusers in society of children is always a relative, first, and second of all, public schools. And Catholic private schools, they all fall into the same camp, by the way. Uh, there is a massive amount of abuse that goes down in those circles, as well as the church. In fact, the studies that came out show, seem to show, seem to demonstrate that the Catholic Church didn't abuse at any higher rate than any other segment of society. Actually, much lower. Yeah. So, Especially in comparison that. to the public school system, which was excess, like exceedingly higher, like not even like in the same ballpark higher. But nobody yeah. wants to talk about that. Yeah. Yes. So not to give the church an excuse because we should be held to a higher standard. The numbers should be zero, zero. in the church because we are held to a higher standard. But uh, it, it is true. No, there is much, much, much more elsewhere. I just got called out by Buddy. He asked me if I was a Hollywood Marine. 
<laughs> but buddy, were you? Did you go to Paris Island? You're gonna tell me you, you went to Paris Island, right? You were. Let me guess. You went to Paris Island. You were a real marine. How are those? How are all those sand fleas, my friend? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, San Diego's no joke, though, bro. I mean, uh, the Grim Reaper at Camp Pendleton. That's some serious stuff right there. It was pretty hardcore. Uh, Buddy asked a question earlier. He said, I'm not in favor of prostitution, but was St. Thomas's view was to legalize prostitution? So, okay, there is a lot to unpack there. The no, he did not advocate for legalizing prostitution. Uh, Where this comes from is in the Summa, he, when talking about politics and government, he's asking about whether or not the, the rights of unbelievers ought to be tolerated. And so whether or not we should allow Protestants to – obviously at this time, Protestants didn't exist. But he's so he's specifically talking about Jews. Uh, Mohammedans were on the rise at this point. And, um, and then obviously there was heretical sects. And so he was asking whether or not we tolerate um, the um, uh, heretics and other schismatic groups, other unbelievers, that kind of thing. And he, uh, so he says in his reply, on the contrary, he says, Gregory says, speaking of the Jews, they should be allowed to observe all their feasts just as hitherto they and their fathers have for ages observed them. And then he goes on to talk about, so he's saying, yes, we should allow them to, uh, we should tolerate them. Now we shouldn't promote them. We shouldn't, uh, promote and, uh, and encourage it. We're not going to give them, uh, extra rights, tax benefits, that kind of thing. Obviously these kind of things in app is not the same as America. I'm just trying to, and translate it to modern talk. But then he goes on and gives examples. So he says, okay, so how, how is this so? He says, Augustine says, so this is not necessarily Thomas's position, but he's quoting Augustine. He says, Augustine says, quote, if you do away with harlots, the world will be convulsed with lust. Hence, though unbelievers sin in their rights, they may be tolerated. And so he's making an analogy. He's saying, well, just like, uh, we, so he's not advocating for legalizing, uh, a prostitution, but he's saying that according to Augustine, Augustine would say that prostitution, or, or if you get rid of harlots, so if you imprison harlots, then the world will be convulsed in lust. What does he mean by this? Well, he's saying that out of all the sexual sins, adultery is technically the least bad because at least in adultery, it's a man and a woman, which is the natural ordering of the human being. And so even in Thomas's time, there was homosexuality, uh, during, uh, and so we, and we know that sodomy is a sin that cries to heaven for vengeance. And so he's saying, well, out of the different, uh, out of the different sins against lust, sins against purity, uh, harlotry is not the worst one. And therefore, it could be said that it could be tolerated, not legalized, not promoted, but tolerated. And that's important to know. Now, Alphonse Liguori would come in and he would say this is not necessarily true because uh, Alphonse Liguori comes in. And so Thomas doesn't necessarily promote this view. He's simply making an analogy to prostitution and uh, tolerating uh, false religions because an argument could be made. And I would agree that false religions are more damaging than prostitution uh, being allowed. But Alphonse Liguori would say that no, uh, in fact, I'll just read what Alphonse Liguori said. It'll be easier. He says, In lustful men, lust plants deeper roots through easy and frequent sex with prostitutes. And so when the, when the frequency of this vice increases all the more, they do not cease committing uh, pollution and heinous sins. 
And so he's referring, saying, just because they're sleeping with prostitutes doesn't mean they're not also doing the graver sins as well. Mm. And therefore, they do not abstain from soliciting upright women. On the other hand, when prostitution is permitted, other innumerable evils are added. So more prostitutes are created, children are corrupted, and marriage is devalued. And so Alfonso Gori is saying, well, I understand the position that Augustine's taking, and but he, Alfonso says, but really – it really is much worse because uh, prostitution leads to other things. So even though prostitution in and of itself may not be the worst sin, it leads to a ton of other things. And so really he's – so he's uh, more against it than Augustine was. Um, and August, and Alfonso Gori is the moral doctor of the church, so we can trust his opinion on moral matters. Uh, so that kind of breaks down the situation with Aquinas and um, – and the in prostitution. So if, let me know if that answered your question or if you have any follow-up questions. Mm. Lori Powell brings out uh, an important point, I think, in the conversation. She says, uh, quote, Adrian, you have dimples. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. In fact, my, uh, my dimples might be my only uh, redeeming quality about me. <laughs> I had, I had, uh, I was told by, uh, by many, many a person that uh, the, the my dimples are my most uh, appealing attribute. Appealing attribute. Oh, so oh, there you go. go. Hey, Mike K. He wants to uh, bring up. Uh, we I mentioned earlier the the fierce and hot debate that we had yesterday uh, off air about uh, the best military movies in the last decade. Because you know I, I was saying yesterday that I over the weekend I shared with my kids uh, the hunt for Red October when I was a teenager. That was that was a great film. It was my I I loved that film. I bought the soundtrack on cassette tape and listened to it over and over again. I just loved the film. That they don't. I just feel like they don't make movies quite like that anymore. Now I filtered the film for them. I used a service called VidAngel, and we were able to remove language and violence and things like that. And uh, you just get the storyline, and it's great. It was just very. My kids loved it. So uh, Mike K brings up best military movie of the last decade, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. I've seen that film probably three times, I think. It is a good film. I would agree with you. Have you seen uh, 13 Hours, uh, Adrian? Uh, the name sounds familiar. I don't remember, though. I had to go and look it up and see if I can jog my memory. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Kaczynski? The, the actor's name is Kaczynski, I believe. He, is he the guy who played um, Jack Ryan on Amazon? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He he played it. Like, that was his coming out movie, no, I would say. No, I didn't say. see it. Mm -mm. I would say Kaczynski's uh, coming out was 13 hours. Like, Why all, is it Chinese? Of, all of a sudden he came out and he was like, he was in great shape. He, he had been working out to prepare for the role to portray this Navy SEAL. He was and, in the office before this. Exactly. And so everybody saw him for the first time in a different light. And that role led to him portraying Jack Ryan in the Amazon take of, uh, of the Tom Clancy character, which yeah. was also in The Hunt for Red October. When did this one come out? The 13 Hours? Uh-huh. Uh, that came out... Uh, 2016. Two, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Looked a few years ago. Uh, it's a good film. I've seen it a few times. I've listened to the interviews of the, of the actual people who, who went through that. And uh, I'd love to get them on the show someday to talk about that. It was. It's a pretty intriguing story for sure. Um, but you you had like terrible ideas for movies. You like Inglorious Bastards was like your favorite film. It's a good movie. It's a horrible film. It's a great. You haven't seen it. You're right. I haven't. But it's still horrible. In what way? 
in every way possible. I mean, it's just a it's violence for the sake of violence. It's 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 just and violence. Uh, it's there's no it's like it's Saving Private violence. Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, very violent film. But its context is different. The context is in the actual events that took place and the grit, gritty reality of the horribleness of war. And so its violence has a context that seems to make sense whereas in Glorious Bastards just is celebrating violence. But you don't know that. I don't. You're right. You're technically correct. However, I'm still right. It's it's definitely not. It's great. It's a good movie. It's a very beautiful movie. Shot excellently. Um, has some great... A beautiful... You would classify that as beautiful? The cinematography, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Highly recommend. Yeah. Jeff, you're, you're uh, not wrong. It to, wouldn't recommend it to children, though. It is, it is rather violent at times, um, but it's not just like... It's not like just a giant violent bath. It's not like uh, Kill Bill. No, it's, it's, not, like, it's not Kill Bill. <laughs> it's not like the yeah. other films that that particular director makes. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you bring up a good point, and you are correct. Jeff Burrier says, as a single father of four elementary school children, the interview with Patrick Truman today was scary. It is. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong about that, Jeff. And um, that's part of the reason why we, it, we do those conversations in the first hour, mm-hmm. uh, in the earlier of the two hours. We have those conversations. Um, the show is designed to be serious and fun. It's supposed to be salty and sweet. It's a little bit of both. And the first hour is more focused on those more serious, difficult, tricky topics. The second hour is supposed to be more levity, more fun, more inspiring, which is why we do it that way. Um, in hopes of the people taking their kids to school will, will be spared some of that stuff. Uh, but you're right. It is a very difficult topic for sure. Tomorrow, just just so you know, tomorrow, the first hour is going to be rough. Yep. The conversation we're going to have with our guests in the first uh, first hour is not going to be easy. So probably not for children in the first hour. Now, I mean, even in my own house, my wife, when uh, I've been working full time in Catholic Radio now since 2013, and there's a lot of uh, opportunities where. We'll be, we'll be in the car, and we can't listen to Catholic Radio because the conversations are too mature for, for my little ones. And that's, that's just the way it is. It's, you can't always have conversations like that, but you do still need to have them at the same time. So it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act. But in the, on this show, we try to do first hour serious, second hour a little lighter. And that's why we also do like the good news segment in the second hour as well, to kind of keep the headlines also, a little bit more upbeat as well. Um, what else? Uh, American Sniper. Yeah, I saw, I liked American Sniper. It was okay. I didn't like. I didn't overly love it. What about? Uh, um, you said you liked War Horse. I did like War Horse. War, I mean, who's seen War Horse? Raise your hand if you've seen War Horse. Have you seen War Horse, Janelle? No, I have not. What, I've seen favorite yeah. military film ever. Janelle. I haven't watched a lot, but I remember seeing Hacksaw Ridge, and I, I like remember Hacksaw my Ridge. family liked it. Yeah, it's a good story. I it enjoyed is. it. It's a good story. It's good acting. Uh, good film. I would. I do agree. It's a good film. War Horse is a good story. Good. It's good storytelling. You know, that's, I think, part of the art that a lot of films lack today. That was the original critique I was making with Adrian, was it seems like a lot of uh, modern films lack the storytelling stuff that we used to get in films Hacksaw Ridge back in the day and Hacksaw Ridge is a good story I agree but 
I'm thinking of ter- in terms of like the Tom Clancy series, where it's so plot driven, it's so dialogue driven, and you get so much so much of that great detail that is of American life, of American military life. You get the same jargon and 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 sayings and scripts, and you see those elements so faithfully portrayed there um, to military guys who to men and women who've served. It really speaks our language, you know, and we we love that. Um, but War Horse is a, a, a good old-fashioned, good storytelling film. It's based on a true story of a horse that got uh, commandeered for the war effort, um, sent to France to fight, and found its way back to its original owner after. Um, and it follows the horse and the people surrounding that horse. It's a fascinating story based on a true story, and it's, it's very well done. And uh, Cumberbatch is in that film. He's got a great scene where he's charging the enemy on horseback. Doesn't end well for him, but the horse survives. I'll put it on the list. Yeah, I would, for sure. I would, for sure. Speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, The Imitation Game, other than the homosexuality in it, it's a great movie. Yep, agreed. Other than that part. The Jesus Robles said, My comment referred to the official Planned Parenthood statement in regards to Governor Abbott's signing of the heartbeat bill they said we are going to fight like hell mentioning hell in their official statement is giving justice to what they promote they are not shy about it also conservatives are crucified for making strong statements that include fight the hypocrisy yep whenever uh donald trump said fight they're like he's inciting violence but whenever the left says fight which they do all the time because everyone says fight because it's a word that has a dozen different meanings. Mm-hmm. It can uh, mean arguing with someone. It can mean physically confronting someone. It can mean uh, going out and protesting. It can mean praying. It has a million different meanings. Uh, you need to work on the context, and like Jesus is implying. But yeah, the I had a friend who texted me yesterday. I'll read you what she said. I'm not going to read, uh, tell you who it was out of respect for her but she came uh she's a leftist and she supports um the uh, abortion and so she goes out of her way (laughs) it's kind of funny to me she goes out of her way to text me whenever something good happens and tell me how horrible it is so she sent me a link saying texas governor signs law banning abortion early as six weeks and she goes i know you're happy about this but this is not right uh i said why the should old white man have power over my body Texas women's bodies. I'm fixing to fight Greg Abbott and knock him off his wheelchair. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you need to chill out. Right. And <clears throat> she keeps going on and on and on. Wow. And she's actually adopted. And I'm like, you do realize you're adopted and all these children that are being murdered will never have that opportunity. Well, and, there's probably um, need and needs of some healing there, emotional well, healing. She, yeah, well, there's a lot there. But she's uh yeah, and so she went on and on about this. And it's and it's surprising to me because you'll see the hatred for people whenever they find out that there's any pro-life uh, things happening. And uh, then people will go out of their way. I'm probably the only conservative she knows. And every time something good happens in the news, she comes at and comes out and tells me how horrible it is. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really disconcerting and really sad, to be honest. Well, we'll be praying for her. Oh, we had a bunch of people comment on uh, some more movies they liked here. Bruce Toman says, Gettysburg, long movie, pretty good, pretty music. Gettysburg's a good film for sure, absolutely. Um, Glenn Trahan said saw he saw War Horse on Broadway. I forgot that there was a Broadway version of that, uh, which is quite good. And then he says he likes Saving Private Ryan, Hacksaw Ridge, and The Dirty Dozen. What about nineteen seventeen? Which wasn't. Uh, yes, I liked nineteen seventeen. I saw that 
in the in the theater with my son Stephen. Um, I enjoyed 1917 mostly from the filmmaking side of it, though. I was, but it was a good story. I mean, I think. They used that oneer approach. They made it look like it was a single continuous take from beginning to end, and I was just totally intrigued by that. And I liked the fact that the two main characters were less known actors. You don't really know who they are, so you're not – although Cumberbatch is in the film and a bunch of other famous people are in the film, the two main characters are less known, so you can sort of engage with them as – you know, and sort of it's more believable that they could just be two young men fighting in the war kind of thing. Um Really good. I I loved uh, nineteen seventeen as a, as a film. Um, there were some others here too. Uh, Buddy Buddy said he wanted to see a film on Tarawa. Um, yeah, that would be great, Buddy. You know what? If I could make a film, a war film, and I had the money to make a, like a Hollywood level prime, boy, this has been on my list for a while. There are two films I think I would make. One is uh, the story of Sergeant uh, Roy Benavides. A, st- a person I've spoken about many times while traveling the country and giving talks at men's conferences, telling the story of Sergeant Roy Benavides, who earned the Medal of Honor in Vietnam in 68. His story is amazing. His family doesn't live all that far from here. His story is amazing. It ought to be a film at the highest possible quality level. He's a Catholic he, he died in 98. I met him when I was a teenager. Um, truly amazing story. He, he, in six hours of combat, he was wounded well over 150 times. He saved eight men single-handedly. He was the last person pulled off the battlefield while holding his own intestines, trying to keep them inside of his body. And he would go on to live after that. Truly remarkable. Sergeant Roy Benavides, uh, his movie should be made. The other one is um, a story that I told when I made my documentary film about a Civil War story at the Battle of Vicksburg. And um, his story, I was so, I went to Vicksburg, Mississippi as a part of, in 2018 when I was filming, I went, I took two weeks off and went on the road, a road trip filming for my documentary film. And I knew I was stopping in Vicksburg, so I did a ton of research on Vicksburg, Mississippi, and the Battle of Vicksburg. And I was so blown away. I love history, so I was so blown away by this. But um, when I learned about the stories of uh, the 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 group the group of men who charged the bulwarks uh, just to build bridges and were being slaughtered and cut down, and they were doing so knowing that they probably would die. Like those stories were just so amazing, and there were some incredible stories that came out uh, from that time. I think that ought to be a film all by itself. There's so much there to talk about. Uh, by the way, Gettysburg, right? So on July 4th, 1863, when Gettysburg was kicking off, Vicksburg was surrendering to General Grant. Um, so I would make that film. If I had the money, if I had millions of dollars, I'd make those films because in both of those cases, they involve Catholics, by the way. And uh, of course, I'm very biased to the Catholic faith and Catholic heroes. And both films are de- depict incredibly brave Americans who were Catholic. Good stories. We're almost out of time here. What else? We could talk about the sexual abuse in the youth today. You know, uh, Cyril, it's, uh, it's a big problem, which is why we focus a lot of stories on, on, the, um, on the issues of transgenderism, homosexuality, perversity. Today was as pornography. And we, we want to bring on the best people for those conversations, which is why we interviewed Patrick Truman today. His organization is really among the best on planet Earth. 
for pointing out the connections. Tomorrow's conversation is going to be heart-wrenching. I mean, give us a teaser, Adrian. I'm looking forward to it and not at the same time. Like, my gut hurts just thinking about having this conversation tomorrow. Yes, I've been actually posting about it on Instagram. I... It breaks my heart. Talk about it. Uh, we only have a minute, so I'll only give you a quick teaser, but we won't be able to get into all the details tomorrow, even because it's a short conversation, 20 minutes. But here's the gist of it. His, uh, Jeff Younger is the father. His son, James Younger, is being, um, I'm trying to be PC. His, uh, mother, James Younger's mother is trying to convince him that he is a girl. And starts addressing him as such and treating him as such. And Jeff Younger is being threatened by the state that uh, he, the child will be taken from him if he does not affirm the female that start calling him a girl, basically. And the sad thing is that they won't. It, it's pretty tragic. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. And I, want, I don't want to get too into it just in case kids are listening. But. The transgender movement is absolutely disgusting and it's horrific and it's child abuse. It is the worst kind of child abuse because it destroys the soul. It destroys our reality. And it's been something that I've been concerned about for a long time now. And I think that this is probably the worst uh, child abuse and just sexual abuse that you can have in the day in today's day rough stuff it will be rough so fair warning tomorrow's conversation is probably not at all for children in the first hour first hour second hour will keep it light and fluffy but uh the first hour very intense but needed it is a needed conversation all that coming up tomorrow plus we will give out the prize tomorrow in the second hour so praise god for that but either way 